0: Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Bleave and Overwatch League podcast on the Bleeve Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe and OWL and Believe.com.
1: This week, we cover the second week of Summer Showdown qualifiers, the League's tutorial video, and the new changes coming to the contender scene.
0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope y'all are doing okay. How have you been, Kevin? Uh, I've been pretty
1: pretty good. I've been trying to stream every day. I've been streaming twice a day, actually. Um, stream at 5 o'clock and whenever dinner finishes. And uh, usually I do, you know, the new Pokemon update came out like in the middle of the week. So I've been doing, doing that. And then my second game. Uh, my friends are slowly dragging me over to GTA 5. So they're like, we want to see you do shenanigans there. And I'm like, uh, okay. So it's a mix of GTA 5, Valorant, and Overwatch. Um, we don't know what it is until literally I sit down uh, for the second half of the stream. Uh, but that's pretty much all I've been working on. That and covering the West Coast War for the Valorant tournament. Um, my hair got so messy at, at a point where I I just got really like annoyed by it and thankfully california opened up and now we have a little we have haircuts so i got my haircut yesterday and i feel like a million bucks right now uh how about you matt how's how's uh everything going on your side
0: um everything's okay i guess i started playing the last of us 2 which i mean it got hugely review bombed at the very beginning so i was like very iffy about getting it but i decided you know what might as well and just if i don't like it i can eventually sell it or whatever i've played games that i don't like before um let's just see how this goes and so far it's i i don't hate it like the gameplay is fun and it's it's challenging enough um the reason people hate it is mainly because of the rating of it and i can kind of see where they're coming from but also it's like you kind of should have expected it at this point. I I feel like the the main thing that well, there's two issues that people have with the story. I don't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. um, in case somehow you are playing the game and haven't been affected by the spoilers already. Which unfortunately I was, because I don't get it when people write reviews they can't like not spoil things. I hate it so much. Why? Yeah. Why can't you just just like redact certain areas of your review? Um, but so far I do like it yeah I I don't understand that either
1: in terms of like trying to give a review on something you want people to have the opportunity to play it in the first place right yeah like being like giving out spoilers I have the same like thing for you know anime episodes and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. where if they're like oh man this is so good x y and z happen. I'm like dude wait why would you tell me that I want to enjoy it when it happens so
0: exactly it 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 ruins the surprise like um there's the there's one big moment that happens very early in the story that like I knew it was coming I I could feel it coming um I it was one of those things that I'm pretty I was like pretty sure it's going to happen in this game no matter what but then like the first thing you see in a review is just spoiler and it's like dude why I don't get it um but interest I was trying to like see if I could beast through the game in two days because i don't know if they've been doing this before but um gamestop has this thing now where if you return the game like even a brand new game within like 48 hours of release date they'll give you uh the cost of the game back
1: Hmm. interesting
0: yeah very much so so that like brings me to the question it's like how is that gonna work if this is a new thing like how is that gonna work for for future games like Overwatch Two? I mean, I don't think that storyline's gonna be super long. So, are people just gonna like buy it, beat it, then return it?
1: Yeah. The, here's the thing. Like, I feel like there there probably is a thing built in for you know physical copies where it won the second that it's bound to an account, you can't like use it again. I remember, like, I remember StarCraft had that issue where, like, you couldn't give people, you know, a copy of your game, especially if you already linked it. So that's just how it is. Um, And I hope they do the same thing for, like, Overwatch, where, like, if you wanted to buy the copy, you just buy it and you get it for yourself. Like, passing it on to other people. Yeah, it's cool to have the software, but um, that's just an easy workaround for, like, people who want to you don't have multiple accounts and stuff like that they could just bounce it around everywhere how's the valorant scene going valorant's going okay um it is for the west coast war we're actually in the quarters uh the quarterfinals right now um a lot of the teams that i've seen go through the ringer and like actually watch watch them grow it's really inspirational if anything um but ArtU got knocked out in the round of 32 when they had to face off against uh, the University of San Francisco. But that was one of the matches I was really pushing for. I know a lot of people like there was a poll and they were like, oh, yeah, we want to see UCLA. Uh, we want to see San Jose. Um, and I was like, the the West Coast people, the people who are like local to the scene, want to see RU versus USF. Like that is a great match. And. I'm really sad that we didn't get to cover it because apparently it went it's best two out of three, right? It went to the yeah. third match, and each one was like thirteen to ten or like thirteen eleven so like each one was like really back and forth the entire time and I know these guys like personally, so from both teams um they're both really really good, so to be expected, honestly, if they met later in the bracket, it would have been like insane to see these two teams go off, but uh, it's unfortunate that they met in the round of 16 and art. U gets knocked out. Uh, it is single elim, So there are some where you're just like, okay, yeah, that's, it's not going to work or uh, X, Y, and Z, but um, yeah, UCLA is going to be facing off against San Jose blue, um, which Ooh. is their a team. Uh, that is quarterfinal. Number one quarterfinal two right now that's lined up is UC Irvine versus Portland university. Um, which is pretty close uh we have to do the other couple of them uh so usf is now in the quarterfinals but there's also um the ones that still need to be finished in the round of 16 is uh university of hawaii versus oregon um uc davis versus uh ucr which i i actually don't know who who that is off the roster um And then UC Santa Cruz and Orange Coast College. So they're all slowly working their way up in this tournament. Um, But yeah, it's still young. There's no like, there's not a lot of physical tournament, like actual tournaments going on. It's more like just online mini tournaments here and there um, that people want to participate in. And I'm just helping out with the casting and commentary of that right now.
0: Yeah. I still do think that it's crazy that the game just came out and you already have this big tournament going on.
1: Yeah. And the craziest part is like competitive isn't even out yet. Uh, like this is kind of just the warm up phase for a lot of people. People are just trying to figure out how this game works still. Um, but once we, once competitive comes out, then like there'll be, there will be official like releases of just like this team is, you know, here, this team is here. Um, like Sinatra's is just really good honestly watching him stream uh it was funny the other day I was watching him stream and it was like him uh it was Sinatra, Rascal, Violet, Smurf and uh I think they have one other one uh I think it was Ons, right they brought them all into a Valorant team and it's just like just hearing the comms go between them you realize how quiet how much more quiet valorant comms are compared to overwatch comms just because of the pacing of the game mm-hmm. um so like valorant comms are like okay yeah she's elbow like there she, she's elbow with an op don't worry about it okay i'm gonna retreat like all that and then you hear like rascal and like smurf going off he's like there 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 left lamps <laughs> you're like like everywhere It's like i'm smoking i'm going down i'm, I'm moving in and you're like Oh wait, yeah that that is how you talk in Overwatch. It's like you call everything, uh, but in Valorant you just call like certain things, like just small things when when they need it. Yeah, um, but it was funny to like hear them say like, "Yo, Violet, stop throwing." <laughs> and the Violet's like, "I don't know how guns work in this game," and they're like, "You you know, use this one. It's kind of like Baptiste." And you're like, "Oh, okay." And then he just pops off with that gun, and they're like, like, why didn't you tell me this earlier?" <laughs> like it's. it's We didn't know. (laughs) So it's just a funny like interaction. They're still all really buddy buddy. And it's really cool to see them like hang out in that aspect. Um, But yeah, it's it's cool to to know that, you know, you still have friends there who are going to play with you regardless.
0: Yeah. What have you heard about that rumor that decay is benching himself to play Valorant? Mm. I've heard that it was disproven but i i don't know if you know anything more about that than i do
1: i don't know off the top of my head um but if that is the case i don't know how much like i feel like decay would be good in valorant but it's just a matter of finding you know a team and stuff um i feel like once again a lot of the teams that are being built right now are still early and and young obviously because like there's no real like structured competition yet um and once they start mm-hmm. getting that competition like down once like i guess riot says like we're we're having x y and z competition uh invite the best teams out and we'll we'll duke it out um i feel like that's that's the real way to determine that because we saw what happened honestly like the best example of this when you start building teams early is you get teams like the Dallas Fuel right um the dallas fuel was really good on paper right you had you had xqc you had Siegel, you had Taimu, you had mickey you had just like a really solid team put together and you're like oh yeah they're they're really strong they're gonna play to the best of their ability um they're gonna be insane um and then you saw what happened when they actually got in the league and were up against like you know sabiobe and uh like Carpe and EQO, like those kinds of teams that were, you know, playing other games and like really just working their way together. You, you see, you see the difference at skill level. Um, like, you can't always bank on like streamers and, uh, you know, people who may have high, you know, high mechanical skill, but they just don't have like the full experience of the game yet. Like nobody mm-hmm. has the full experience of the game, so at that point you don't know, you know, who who rises to the top, who's good, who's not, um, until there's actual competition that's like high
0: high level and organized. So, so let's get move into the news for this week. Um, no more Spice Adam stuff, which I don't know how I feel about that. On one hand, it was really funny watching it, and it was just a, a good way to see um, how other people view the league versus how we view the league um but on the other hand it's just like i don't think this is actually going to do what you're telling us this is going to do and that it's not really going to bring in a lot of new people but i guess the league is still kind of doubling down on that um that hope that traditional sports fans will all look at esports and and try to understand it and do something in the void of sports because i believe recently i saw on espn or one of those news sports agencies that a lot of sports that initially were um starting to happen or closing down because um just the expense that would have to happen, the different regulations that would have to go in effect, the fact that people in these training camps are are still getting the coronavirus and stuff like that. so um the hopeful return to sports that looked like it was gonna be happening is probably not gonna happen um anytime soon. um so the league released a video with um sideshow how to, pretty much how to watch an owl match and three things to look at. Um, the three things he explained were the objective tracker, the unit frames, which is like the um, the team and roster lineup, and the kill feed. Um, and pretty much just explaining a basic how-to of the game works. Essentially, it's like the tutorial of the game in the game, except made for um, watching the Overwatch League. This is how Saito really should have taught Spice how to to do it. I don't know if like I don't know what his thought process was when he was teaching spice the original way that he mm-hmm. did but I mean this is like this is the core basics of what Overwatch is it's how how far are you to completing your goal who's on whose side and what's actually happening in the match um mm-hmm. and it's like it seems really obvious to us right but yeah. these are the three things you need to pay attention to but um if you really are trying to get people to understand the game then like this is a good way to do it because it's so bare bones and basic that everything will just come after people understand that. I really hope that they continue more of, of this kind of video than they do with than what they did with spice, because it's, it's easier to understand. Like I, I really had trouble understanding what sideshow was saying when he was explaining it to spice. And even then in this video, I th- I still think sideshow really sucks at explaining this game. Because when he explains it in the video, he's only talking about it through the defender's perspective. And like, even me knowing this game very well, it's like, okay, so is this just a defense based game or are you going to talk about the attacker's side? Yeah,
1: I feel like honestly, like right here, this is like the most basic thing that you got to look for. Um, Later on, you realize how like other abilities and how characters interact and that's like the next step after this so like honestly if you wanted to cast a match like if you wanted to watch an overwatch league match all you have to do is look at these three things like you you watch the kill feed who's dying when and how um the unit frames like what is the composition of the team um why is it important who's switching to what Um, And then the objective tracker is just like, you know, how far are they going to get to, you know, actually getting their getting to the objective to win the game? Uh, Who's making more progress? Um, X, Y and Z. Those are literally like the only things that you really have to focus down on. Um, But later on, obviously, you you start realizing, you know, there's always two sides to a story in, in this. There's always. In Overwatch League, in, like, competitive play, there's always two sides. There's the team... There's two teams. There, there wouldn't be a game without two teams. So, when you are explaining one half, you have to say, like, oh, the other team also has the opposite objective. So, like, the easiest one is, like, you know, 2CP, where one team is literally attacking and trying to get the objective. The other team's job is to protect them from getting on the point, period. So you have those two balancing or two separate schools, um, of thought there, um, which is easier to take apart and think about. So, um, yeah, later on, like this is, this is very good. If you wanted to get your parents into watching overwatch league, show them this. It literally just tells them like, Oh, like this is what I should be looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is why this is entertainment. Um, but, like, if you're gonna go into like a caster's perspective, I feel like, yes, this is the place to start. look at you know who's making what progress uh you know the units that that are in play, and then the kill feed um but then you start getting into like strategies, you start thinking about like oh what what does the other team want to do like what's the current meta? You ask yourself like a whole bunch of different questions to kind of fill time um. I have a hard time doing that right now with Valorant. I'm going to tell I'm going to tell everybody right now. Um the reason for that is there's not a lot of like news that goes on all the time in Valorant in terms of Overwatch. Like we could talk about like hey, you know what? We just had the we had the anniversary event recently. Uh, we had the alien skin for Zarya. We could talk about that. Uh we could talk about, you know, this happening for for the West Coast War at least for Valorant. It's like Okay, yeah, we've seen the school before. We talk a little bit about that, and then we're sitting there and like, so do you like DLC content? Do you like the new gun skins? Like, it's just like kind of forced. There's no like real events or anything that's that's really yeah pushing the conversation forward. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of awkward in that sense. I mean, we can start picking the brains of us as casters, which is kind of interesting, but, um yeah honestly how to watch overwatch league video um really important really good right now especially for for the parents who are lacking competitive sports uh this is this is the way to go just show them like you know what we have we have this game people are watching it competitively um this is why we're watching it like this is the things that i'm looking for in the match um it's really fun like honestly i'm trying to get my uh trying to get my dad to understand what's going on um because he's like I, I have no idea you you just sound like you're shouting in in your room all the time when you're casting <laughs> yeah. and I'm like yeah there there's a little bit more to it than just yelling at a computer screen I promise um so yeah I feel like this would really
0: help him out when you I know your background is a little different than the rest of us because you you did play in college but when you first started watching this game, like how did you learn how to do it? Oh. Uh
1: when I it, it's a big transition honestly from being a player to being a caster. Um <laughs> one of the hardest parts honestly for me um is not trash talking the opponent. Uh like I get my team hyped up and that's like one of the one of the reasons why I got picked for the team is cuz I'm one of the people who can like, really get the team hyped and, like, excited to play. Um, but, like, when I bring that to a game, I can't... When I bring it to a cast, I can't, like, poo all over one team and just be like, wow, they're garbage, right? Um, you have to say, like, wow, that's a that's an interesting pickup or that was a really questionable play coming out. Like, you have to word it slightly different. Um, but, yeah, you, you get used to it a little bit. You just don't want to, like, completely demoralize somebody uh, over the cast. Um, it happens sometimes where like you, you question some of the, some of the thought processes, but you just have to say it, you have to word it in a nicer way. Um, but, but it's all good. Um, the big transition though, is literally going from like playing it and being in the moment all the time to stepping back and being a little bit more objective. Um, Uh that is, that is the hardest part of transitioning from being a player to being a to being a commentator and spectator like you have to give you give props where props are due like where you see like a really good play you say like that was a good play like it doesn't even matter like what happened on the other side like they just executed that well and why is that good um the cool thing about that though is when you are a commentator and spectator you learn from people who are better than you so um recently like in in valorant there was a thing that i saw on ascent where a guy jumped over a barrel to hop over a wall right and i was like i didn't even know that that existed in the game like i didn't even know that you can do that and i just watched this guy do it in like three seconds and i'm like that that's like game breaking like people are watching that corner like watching that entire section for a second and then you just pop out over the wall like that's not normal um but apparently it's it's a part of the game so they got to figure out like you know how he did it um you have to steal like amazing ideas i mean like i'm not gonna lie i practiced that defran hop from uh from hollywood the triple triple uh hop over the roof on uh on hollywood to point b um i practiced that because i saw defran do it a couple times and i was like okay yeah yep that's a that's a thing that I'm gonna try at least once. And uh I pulled it off a whopping zero times. Um <laughs> in, in competitive play at least. I did it like sometimes with like friends because they're like, oh well just try it, I guess, and I would like get lucky. But for the most part, it's like learning from the game and then trying to execute it in your own games as well, like it just adds another layer of like understanding and being, you know, better as like a team player. Uh, so when I play on the team, I understand like what my objectives are, but there's also the other half of like knowing objectively, like why the other team is winning or why you're losing. Um, but yeah, it's just a interesting, interesting little bit that you can take away from switching from commentator to
0: player. I mean, even me sometimes I, I still watch this and I still get lost sometimes. So I can imagine how hard it is for people who have no context in this game and i've been playing this since what since it came out four years ago yeah we call
1: that uh getting lost in the sauce uh it happens all the time you just see like a bunch of stuff happening and you're like uh especially in overwatch when like you know old stacking is a thing where you you want to combo x y and z but there's also like other things happening on the side um yeah yeah so things
0: that they don't show in the uh in the actual feed they'll like only you'll only see it in the kill feed you won't see it on the actual like um perspective that the the com- not the commentators that the uh the casters are showing you. Mhm.
1: Yeah, or like the that's once again I give a lot of props to observers. Like without observers, they can literally miss a moment. Um and you would have no idea how that happened. Um but all the people who work on Overwatch and all other esports like the spectators are the people who really make the game happen. Like my job is to literally comment on what they're giving me. Um without them, like I can't even do my job. Um so pay the co- pay pay the pay the spectators first, then pay the commentators second. Like I'm I don't mind taking a pay cut for my for my uh spectators to actually get some credit cuz they deserve it. Uh shout out to V-Flight and uh everyone else who really dives into that. Um but yeah, really it's it's important to know like what's gonna happen around the corner. Like, I remember back in the day when we didn't have ult trackers, right? We did, we didn't have oh, ult yeah. trackers on the HUD, and that was during like the Grav Dragon meta. So what you would see is graviton surge, followed by you know the dragon, followed by Zenyatta's ulta counter, which was followed by you know an Ana nade, an Ana you know biotic nade from a corner. And that's the thing that got X that caused the Zenyatta's transcendence to not hit, which then caused the dragon to kill them, which then, you know, allowed the team to push the point. And like, it's figuring out all of that. And then you're like, oh, well, that could have all went down. But if there's a Ryan in the grav and then he earth shatters, he stops the whole momentum like yeah, it's knowing all of that is happening in like literally two seconds of gameplay is insane to think about um but if it if it happens it works and um it's it's a beautiful moment really
0: yeah there's times when i'll be watching and i'll have to rewind the uh, the footage several times to really understand what's going on okay kevin i'm gonna need your help understanding this next topic we have because you know this scene a lot better than i do um so There's this whole thing about contenders, like what's happening with contenders. There was a, I believe it was a Reddit post from uh, the two guys in charge of contenders. Um, Like I really didn't understand anything they were saying in that. I I looked for a TLDR in the comments and the fact is that there really is no TLDR except um, things are happening contenders. We don't like some things. We're going to change some things. We're not going to tell you what those changes are, but be happy because we have had 60 people migrate from Contenders to the actual Overwatch League this season. Um, aside from that, I really don't understand what the whole point of that um, that announcement really was. So are you able to put that in better context for us who haven't followed this scene very closely?
1: Okay, I'll I'll just try to make it as quick as I can. Um, not like just for gravity's sake, but also to just like... Explain what's going on. Um, path to pro has not really worked. Uh, that is the clear cut way of saying it. Um, like just knowing that players are there's no literal ladder of getting from contenders into the Overwatch League and all of that. Um, and honestly, Overwatch League is at a point where they're losing so much on their investment that they need to work on the League itself and can't really put a lot of money into Tier 2 or Tier 3, which is also why, you know, it's kind of crumbling. It's not just because, you know, oh, big big riot game Valorant coming out, everybody's going to move over there. Um, That does have something to do with it. But it's mainly because there was no real structure of getting Tier 3 to Tier 2 to Overwatch League. Um it was just kinda it was kind of there it was kind of in a, in the uh in the process of happening um but yeah, what they're saying now is we want like third party tournaments which means that we want other organizations to help and like kind of make the tier two and tier three scenes um which other in other words just means like hey we don't wanna deal with this right now we'll let you guys handle it, which is not bad it gives me some uh some more shots at the at the league commentating um but there's just a lot to to dissect obviously um they wanted to do more live events like what they had with um like the apex in korea where they would have like a huge tournament at the end of the year um but obviously during due to COVID 19 there's still a lot of lockdowns and questions about like whether that's an actual thing that could happen in the future um they're they're gonna figure that all out uh, hopefully going into the next season um but mainly in conclusion like they they just don't know what to do with path to pro like it's literally a mess of just saying I mean, like, that we don't know exactly what we want to do with path to pro um but we're working on it and we're gonna make it good um but they want more community-led tournaments that is the main thing um earlier today actually i posted it uh in the notes as well the overwatch league put, uh, put out a uh a thing about the changes to contenders season two um and there's a lot of changes here i'm not gonna i'll just go over the basics of it um china's kind of keeping the same format um europe and north america will have uh like five tournaments that will run through july and november um which will have a thirty five thousand dollar prize pool um and Essentially, it's just like a monthly format where they'll get more teams in um, and rotating them in and giving them shots at winning um, the top four teams from the end of the season will be uh, will be seated higher. And then the winner of that bracket will be going into like the world's bracket um, where everybody just kind of goes head to head. So it's double elimination. It's just kind of whatever it is right now. Um South Korea is going back to a traditional format where it's uh, 10 teams round Robin. Um, and then top eight teams will go on and move forward. Um, Australia will adapt the same format from them, um, as well. So that's pretty cool. The one team or the one side that is about to get completely screwed over. I'm sorry, but it is what the overwatch league is saying. Um, the Pacific division is not returning this year. Um, Pacific division, meaning uh, the Philippines, uh, Taiwan, uh, Japan, uh, not South Korea. South Korea is its own region, uh, and China has got its own thing down. But like the the region where there's no like, what is it? It's still in like the Pacific Ocean, but there's not like a hard like one country. Continent? Call it Pacific. Yeah. yeah they're they're knocking all of that out so teams from japan like jupiter um will no longer be there um talon esports the same thing um but they said that they're gonna try to integrate the pacific with the south korean potentially um but it's gonna be a weird place honestly for for the pacific division um if if anything i hope that they uh they figure out a way how to include them again i like the world championship teams uh i just want to see you know i want to see contenders work just for overwatch league's sake um because honestly like let's say if if this and overwatch league go in like go under like really quickly um before overwatch 2 happens do you think I don't think Blizzard's going to take the investment and try to
0: do it again. Um, no, definitely not. If it fails now, it's it's done. Yeah, so at least at least for the next foreseeable future, not not until esports builds itself up into something that's already proven to be profitable.
1: Exactly. And it's one of those things where like this is a really good this was a good idea. This was a way to get, you know, teams to work out, but uh it's also just bad timing due to, you know, COVID nineteen that ruined home stance, which then ruined the return on investment, which X, Y, and Z happens, so um it's just like it wasn't a great like move. It it could have made it different, but uh yeah, it's just unfortunate that we can't keep the league up and running in a way where people are inspired to try to be in the league again. Um it's also just another personal opinion. I think the Overwatch Contenders logo is just cooler than the Overwatch League. I people could fight me on that. Uh it's I, I like and it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like the Tracer one. I understand that's like very uh that's like very sports ish, you know, like the way how the NBA and MLB have their logos and all that stuff, but like the Contenders one is just so much cooler. I mean it's a cyber ninja with a sword uh it's can we i I just also want contenders jerseys i think you know uh certain teams just look really cool uh with what they have so yeah um lots of changes coming to contenders i hope that they fix their path to pro and if they do
0: uh overwatch will have a better future going into overwatch 2 i mean if anything like very recently we've seen we have seen a lot of players coming up from the contender scene into the overwatch league and i mean and and even in that case it's not just like they're um they're being pulled up and not played. like we've seen the entire vancouver roster has been built up from people from contenders like this weekend we saw a couple of people um being pulled up from contenders into the starting lineup like we had um kevster and i think it was was it onigod that got pulled up and played this week too so um Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there is hope. It's not being as supported as well as it could. But, I mean, we are seeing that there is a chance that you could get pulled up from contenders. It just needs to be um, a more consistent, and it has to be the primary way for people to get into the league, not through streaming. I I think that's a, a cheap way of doing it, and it's very disrespectful to the people who have tried to do it your way. Yeah, and...
1: I still hold by my comments of you know Overwatch League should have a draft um at the end of the season, right? Like kind of like even if it is very sports traditional, um I feel like it'd be a really cool way for not only us as players and people who enjoyed the league to learn about, you know, where these players are coming from. It also teaches us like, you know, who to really look for cuz like, you know, if you're a number 1 draft pick right like there's a reason why you were picked first or there's a reason why this core was picked up first um but i also do understand like if it's trying to pick up a core like that's that's another thing that like just a full team um for example like uh like third impact or second wind getting picked up um as a whole roster like the whole runaways roster getting picked up by the vancouver titans as their original like things like that um, would be a lot harder to do through a draft.
0: If anything, the draft would also just be like an event for the Overwatch League. I mean, it's it gives them more content, it gives people more of a, a reason to watch, and it just, I, I think it would be something that they should really consider implementing if they want to keep creating content and give their fan base something to watch and something to do like during the offseason, too build up to this thing
1: yeah and i i totally agree as well like building up to this as an event like what what events do we even have overwatch league wise other than grand finals right like we have that and like all-star weekend right um there's no real like other events that are going on that make you want to continue like push this even further you know
0: hmm Okay, so we, we brought it up briefly at the very beginning about the um about Overwatch 2. Um there's a couple of stories that I found recently about Overwatch 2. Um a big thing that we talked about before on this podcast is digital versus physical listings um of games and also like with the PS five announcement coming out that there's gonna be the option to go to buy a digital only um console. Um that, that is Kind of big in the world of gaming because it puts into flux what the status of physical games be. Is the industry really trying to push strongly for digital only, or is it just an option that they're putting out there? Are they trying to get a feeler out for it? Um but so Overwatch 2 apparently has had some teases for a physical listing on the German GameStop website. Um of course the prices, I think the prices of Placeholder right now. It's at I think still sixty dollars ish, seventy dollars ish U.S. price. I don't believe that that'll be a real um, price. It's probably I'm hoping it's going to be closer to like thirty or forty. Considering a lot of people really only view this as a uh, an add on instead of a full sequel. Because I mean, you're still going to be able to play with people who don't want to buy this game and they just want to play the original that they have um still same multiplayer experience you're just getting the extra story and lore content um but i i think that it, it's really big that they're putting out a a physical edition but also that brings the question because with the release of overwatch onto the switch yeah you had a case and you had a card inside the case but there really like was no um disc or or physical chip to really um use uh and combined with the fact that GameStop is now doing that thing where you have two days after the release date to return it for a full refund, like, what is all this, like, what do you think this is signaling for Overwatch 2?
1: Um, I feel like, once again, they had, like, the Founders release for the original Overwatch, where you got, like, that Soldier 76, like, bronze statue or something. Um, I did not get that. Uh, I got mine digital, but um i do understand like the joy of having a physical copy like we we discussed that earlier with you know being able to pass it down to the next generation and x y and z um being able to sell it later um those are just things that you know um it's cool to have but if they do do a physical model of overwatch 2 um the the real question becomes like if it is considered a brand new game right that way if it's considered a brand new game then yeah people will go out and get a physical copy just to have a physical copy um but if it is just like oh extra dlc compared to what overwatch one was um then there's no real reason for people to just not take the dlc add-on um but honestly like if they do do a physical copy i think it's going to be it's gonna be good. Um, there's they're gonna be able to pass it down. You know, story story modes can be played offline. You don't really need to connect to internet or Wi-Fi to make that happen. So hopefully, um, yeah, I hope so. Um, I actually right now like you you always have to log into your Blizzard account in order to get on Overwatch right now. But that's just because every single game mode is um is multiplayer. There's no like. Single player tutorial mission. Well, like you could do the tutorial but or like training room, but there's no like story mode to go with it. So Overwatch 2 can pass on the physicals, like even if the servers go down, I think that you have that option to do it.
0: So some more Overwatch news. Um So uh, there was a tech demo of the, the new engine that they're going to be using for Overwatch 2. It showed from what I saw, it was a very brief clip. It showed just a render of Tracer's new outfit. But it also teased the um, inclusion of weather effects into Overwatch 2. Um, there was a clip of uh, Temple of Anubis and there was a sandstorm just raging all around. And I'm, I'm very conflicted by this. On one hand, we don't know if this is actually going to be in the game or if it's just a, uh, a tech demo thing. And even if it is in the game, is it going to be a story mode thing or is it going to be included in the multiplayer? Is that going to be part of the update? And... The biggest point of discussion that I saw was that, yes, this looks cool, but there's already so much stuff going on in a regular Overwatch game that adding this in is just going to make it so much harder to see what's going on, to focus in, to understand where anything is.
1: Yeah, it, that is one of the things with like pretty games. Uh I I don't want to bash, you know, like people who are going to be working in Unreal 5 and all that stuff, but like if a game is too pretty, it could distract from the actual gameplay itself. Um you can get lost in the sauce again. I guess that's a great that's probably the best way to describe it. Uh yeah, you just get lost in it and it it happens to the best of us. Like sometimes like uh you'll be looking at a map and you'll be like, "Wow, that that statue looks really good and then you realize oh wait i'm supposed to be fighting another team right now like
0: <laughs> it's it it happens too often would you want this for overwatch too like would you want it in story mm-hmm. mode or in multiplayer both none so in the in the um actual multiplayer
1: games when i play i purposely like a lot of people talk about this but we lower the the uh, graphics to the low second B, so we can make sure that our frame renders are, we're getting more frames uh, when we can. Um, mm-hmm. More frames mean more visual information, which means you know less clutter. Um, it's just things that you have to think about um, all the time when you're when you're doing it. Um, the only other thing about that is it requires, like for the story mode, I feel like for the single player stuff, it would be nice to have that as an option to just go full you know whatever like i know that a lot of um how can i say it a lot of spectators and a lot of like producers want that high level stuff and that would look pretty on stream but when you're playing it you don't want to clutter your own like eyes so it's good for spectators good for the spectator sport of it but not necessarily going to be great for the gameplay people
0: I can't imagine, even if this is becomes a thing, I really can't imagine them doing this for Overwatch League.
1: Yeah, I I can't see this happening for for Owl either. Um, like it would be good for once again, I think it's good for the spectators, but it's not going to be great for the uh for the players who the people who are
0: actually going to be playing the game. Um, I mean, even for spectators too. Like you said, we're probably going to get lost in the sauce half the time if there's a million different little laser lights pa- flying past of different colors, and then you've got the storm going on. Plus, like, if you're Tracer and zipping around the map, like, lightning speed, no one's going to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, once again, I feel like it could be used for only, like, one camera.
1: And this is just, like... You know the fly-through cams that you do, like, at the very beginning yeah. of the match. Like, that's the only time that you would use, like, a high-level, like, export when nothing's actually going on um Mm -hmm. and then when you're actually in the game you don't want to do anything so uh yeah it's it's going to be like that i feel
0: or if anything just like make it intermittent somehow find a way to do that so that like it's still there like we're aware of it and it like it plays a uh it it plays a role in how the map is going to flow like there's going to be points of higher visibility points of lower visibility i can see that but like as an entire map thing that's going to be really hard. So. In my opinion, it's a good tech demo. It looks really cool. Just highly impractical. Any more Kevin news? Hmm. Nothing nothing much from me
1: um in terms of you know Overwatch. Um I am playing a lot on stream, so if you guys want to see me do stuff live, um I am at Kanashi on uh on Twitch, so feel free to stop in i've been doing a lot of pokemon just because there is a lot of updates going on with that um they added that new dlc that everybody was like oh yay new new pokemon new legendary yay um but it's also like running around and there's a new like full event going on as well so doing that once again uh i feel like i've been contacted to do an overwatch game uh on the 11th and 12th of july so we'll see if uh if that goes through and if, uh, if teams are signing up to, to pull that through. So I might be hopping back over there uh, starting, you know,
0: after 4th of July weekend. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for tuning in this week for our new section. Be sure to tune into the gameplay section and learn about everything that's happening in the second week of the, summer showdown tournament which is also the last week that we have the hero pool so tune in and we will see you next week
1: next week we watch the third week of summer showdown matches and any news that comes from the league
0: thanks for listening to this week's episode if you like what you hear Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at BelieveInOWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.